Hello, welcome to this episode of Talking Ghana. Talking Ghana is a podcast devoted to the left, right, and center of Ghana's politics. On Talking Ghana, we believe that everyone is entitled to an unbiased and coherent perspective on anything Ghanaian. For each episode, we offer our unusually biased but highly opinionated take on the key issues and themes shaping Ghanaian politics. My name is Nelson Opong, an academic and social critic based at the University of Edinburgh, also a reluctant co-host and passionate contributor to this debate. Welcome to another episode of Talking Ghana. Um, we uh, are convening again uh, following the Supreme Court's verdict um, where it's uh, rejected by unanimous decision um, the petition that was filed by the uh, candidate of the National Democratic Congress, uh, S. President Mahama. Uh, over the week, we've also had interesting events uh, uh, at the level of the parliamentary approval of new ministers. We've also had the president give the State of the uh, Nation address, and then there was the budget statement. Uh, and so we have a lot to digest and reflect on. Uh, and as usual, I've um, uh, assembled the, the crew. Uh, so I have Oliver, uh, Oten, Papa. Uh, uh, Mame was not able to join us, but uh, she will join us for the next episode. Uh, and so, guys, welcome. Thank you and happy Independence uh, Day. Independence Day. I think I should say yes. Yeah. Th- thanks for reminding me that I did not capture the Independence uh, <laughs> as well. Uh, Oliver, a, lot, a lot has has happened since the verdict. I think yes. I think the verdict was holding things from happening. Exactly. <laughs> and Oliver, how how's everything? Talking um, about the, the the things which have been missed, you didn't mention Gomela, did you? And and the circumstances under which the presidency tried to to hand him out of office. I was uh, on on Independence Day. I had put up a tongue a tongue in cheek statement about how when you look at the dice on which the independence was declared. You have Bedema who is Togolese. And you have Nkrumah himself, which according to the Dangwa Guzia Propangada is like Ivorian. Ivorian. <laughs> so he was Liberian, Ivorian at several points. The circumstances under which we came to have foreigners declaring our independence were it's something to reflect on sixty five years after after independence. But no, I've been I've been good. Things are happening at such a fast pace in this republic that if the blink if you blink twice, you might miss a lot, won't you? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a funny one, eh? That's a funny one. You, 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 it goes to the point, good old point about who, who, who is actually a Ghanaian and, yeah. and, and how that has shaped our politics over, uh, over, over time. Interesting. The yeah. name was, Togolese, Nkrumah was Ivorian coup, 
librarian. So for us, <laughs> foreigners are the one declaring our independence, and then subsequently, several decades later, become uh, auditors general and determine who has job money and who has not. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, uh, nationality uh, politics in Ghana. It's very interesting. But when but, it, but it's on, on that matter. It's very interesting. Two things. If that is if that is true, if wait, the, clarify which matter you're talking about. On on the matter of uh, the auditor general, the ex auditor general. Yeah. First of all, whatever documentation that the audit service was based its analysis on. Uh, but since they they've not officially made that point i mean we are just relying on what was reported in the media uh what has come out from the president is that he has compelled him to retire because uh, the president thinks he has to reach the retirement age there were some there were some the president the president made that may give the direction based on certain information sent to him. Exactly. And that information sent to him, uh, we know, was was on the basis that he was 61 and exactly. not, exactly. not not 60. Uh, and it is that which I am worried about yes. because if, if indeed that, that, that documentation existed, and have the information it is said to have, it goes to a bigger point of due diligence being done on appointees to public office and especially key institutions, at key institution. What kind of what kind of due diligence was done in the appointing process of Mr. Dom Level? And how come we didn't know that he will turn 61. As a matter of fact, it goes to a bigger issue that Papa you you have been interested in in his case. Sorry for diverting on Supreme Court and and and, and Parliament. Let's, it, it, let's, it, it, let's 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 talk let's let's talk briefly about that. No, it's becoming a, a big divergence. We will come there. I know you you are boiling to uh, engage with that. Maybe, um, maybe we should just let, let, let him let, conclude. Let's, let's yeah. just wrap up. Uh, yeah. The point I'm trying to make is that there is supposed to be who, who manages matters and human resource, human resource matters concerning the Auditor General. If, okay. who, who, is it, who, who determines that? That person should have determined long ago that he, he turned 61 last year and not 60 last year and not this year and it wouldn't have brought up all the, the wahala that we, we we have we have gone through that is not to say i support the 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 the, the issue but it goes into bigger issues about yeah. 
Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. bigger issues about emoluments, uh, uh, conditions of service, who you see accountable to for the purpose for, for those administrative matters, not necessarily his function, for those administrative human resource matters, who is he accountable to? You know, and just a quick one. Whether the my view is, I know, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to get into the debate, and I've tried, I've tried to avoid the, the debate about uh, executive power and so on. If the president decides to act as an administrator, an HR administrator in relation to Auditor General, he has to comply with the uh, HR rules and administrative law expectations in terms of personnel management. And mm -hmm. my question is whether or not the president, both in the leave issue, on the leave issue, mm -hmm. and on the retirement issue, he did what was expected. Did he, he, did he hear the man himself mm -hmm. as the one who is finally making the decision, the personal decision, and whether that is an Article 23 issue? So and for it, me, that is... That. And it's something bigger. The other big issue is the committees that are set up under Article 70. We all have not taken time to look uh, into what the committees set up under Article 71 actually say and recommend output of their work. We are usually carried away by... Esgracia, the quantum of Esgracia given to politicians and judges and, 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 and the likes. But we have not taken our time to, to look into what they actually determine are the personnel and human resource issues to Article 7071 office holders. Because these are all matters that, in my view, should be clearly spelled out in that report. And if they don't do that, they are short-shaming us, and then it leaves room for any president to say that I'm exercising executive power in matters concerning human resource uh, issues about uh, independent bodies. And so, that is because it's because actually very dangerous. It's really yeah. dangerous. Yeah, someone has to make that determination. If 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 an auditor general turns sixty and has to go on leave, he has to go on leave. Who is it that determines that it's time to go on leave? Is it the auditor general himself? It can't be, in my view. It cannot be the audit service board. No. So, so then, who determines that? We don't have any overlapping body that determines such personal issues. And where are these spells? Are they in the conditions of service of the auditor of these independent office holders? They ought to have been set out in that committee report that it appears that some of these things are not clearly set out and it's left room for a very assertive president to increase the constitution in a particular way that has not sat well with many folks out there. 
Maybe um, uh, it's an interesting time to then bring uh, Oliver because I know when we had that debate, um, you were on the other side, um, and um, I, I, I was just wondering what your take is on on recent events. So, uh, first of all, I, I don't necessarily think that the kind of conversation our team is, is having is is a pertinent one. Because it's, 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 it's almost like asking who determines when the chief justice goes on his re retirement when he gets to the retirement age. Then we, we wind ourselves into a whole, uh, how do you call it, procedure or, or whatever not not clear as to who is supposed to tell who to, to retire. I mean, the, 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 I think the... With the question here about development, development is not a, it's not one about we don't know who would ask him to retire when he gets to the retirement age. Because the, the, the bigger and substantive question in a situation whereby the presidency is, is or the presidency acting through its surrogates, the audit service board and others, and saying that a person has reached a retirement age. They, and, and this is despite the person's own protestation that I haven't reached the retirement age. What is the proper procedure to be undertaken? So the president then is acting as anybody else, even including a, a, a citizen of Ghana, who is saying that the constitution requires you to retire at a certain age, and you have reached the, the, the retirement age, and so you should resign. In that case, there's a stronger burden that you must establish and prove that the person has in fact reached the age, and what you're doing is that you're requiring the constitution to be enforced. I do not think that the presidency has the power to write a letter to the Auditor General and say, I think that you have reached the age and you should resign. If the Auditor General, having reached the age, is not resigning from the office, then the measure open to the presidency is, is the one open to everybody else to go to the Supreme Court and say that, per the Constitution, this particular body has reached the constitutionally required age to retire and is not doing so, and for which reason you must resign. He holds no administrative or whatever power to compel by letter a person to anybody to, to, to retire. In the same way, the presidency cannot determine that a member of parliament has not met the, met the eligibility criteria to enter parliament under Article 94 and write a letter to them saying that you haven't met it and so retire. We, we ought to situate the constitutional bodies that we have and understand that they are not subject to the president's uh, administrative instructions in that, in that regard. And where there's a, an avenue for the president to issue administrative instructions to any particular constitutional body, the constitution provides for, for the circumstances this are to, in which this is supposed to be done. Uh, if it's a public servant who is under the control or, of the Public Services Commission, then we know that per the constitution, that person directly is responsible to the president. So that's, that question is settled. But for bodies which are not administratively under the presidency, the president cannot take those actions. So the same answer I would give for, for the chief justice, the same answer I would give for for the speaker of parliament and for, for the auditor general. That's my sense. The only only caveat I, 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 you you have a very sound solid point. The only caveat is it uh, uh, a so called uh, uh, so called independent constitutional bodies in the same category as parliament and the judiciary they are they are independent bodies in the sense that they do not form part of these separated powers legislature judiciary executive 
and they play a particular role. But if they are part of the bigger public service, and if they are bigger, they are part of the bigger public service. Maybe then the public service committee commission, which is supposedly also independent, should be the entity removed from the presidency that will be in charge of all these things. But there has to be someone, there has to be someone that on personnel matters, on human resource matters, will 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 be will be in charge of something. Otherwise, if you have a maverick attorney uh, auditor general who is authority unto himself, some of these things there will not be any accountability. It's it's, it's simple. I, I disagree. I don't think that enforcing account sorry, I don't think that enforcing accountability of the constitutional office holders must fall on the president or else it's total anarchy or there's absence of accountability. And it it be necessarily the president. In a democracy, right, the constitution is a great power and expects that power will compete. That mm. all, these, all these bodies that we've given power to, there'll be a competition for how they interpret their powers, whether they do so liberally or restrictively. And in mm. that competition, it elects an empire. The empire, uh, empire becomes the, the, the Supreme Court. Or the courts. That's where this this competition between the bodies leads to a certain clash. Then somebody then must assume the authority to interpret the rules. So I don't think that the president should elect for itself the right to impose uh, how do you call it sort of an uh, whatever rule over others and say that well in every other situation I assume for myself the 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 responsibility to ensure that everybody is, is obeying the constitution. I don't think my that only, exists. My, my only challenge to Oliver in you know is that. The president will assume that the presidency will assume that because they are they are they are mandated to execute the laws faithfully, they will be the first movers of what the law is or ought to be, and then whoever is unhappy would rather, especially when they are dealing with their domain of executive action, whoever is unhappy will challenge them. I think that's how they will read it, um, especially when they are dealing with. Ex the executive as against judiciary and 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 parliament and i think broadly they will as they will they will interpret broadly the even the independent institutions uh, as broadly under right. the executive you know in that sense and so they will execute the law as they know fit because that's what the constitution says they should do and then whoever is unhappy will challenge it. I think that's how they will, they, so, they, they, you see, they will read this it. this view about who has executive power to execute the law, I think that it is not fair to say that the presidency has that power. I think that anybody under the constitution has executive authority to implement, to imp implement and execute the law. The difference is there, I agree, is that wow. we place police, police powers under the presidency. And for which reason, they are able to call into action those police powers in aid of whatever constitutional interpretation they place on their powers. And so for which reason, if the Auditor General was to say that, no, I do not necessarily, I do not agree that you have those powers, it cannot protect itself with the police powers. In the same way, if the Auditor General woke up one day and said that, I think that reading my own powers under the Constitution, I'm supposed to occupy Flagstaff House, it would not be able to have the aid of the police 
to to for that liberalism interpretation uh, of its executive powers yeah, and yeah, but only that that is that is precisely a big difference that Papa is making. If you don't have the machinery of states giving you force to execute whatever law you want to execute, you, it, 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 it will be very, very difficult. Uh, you are saying you then there has always had to be a judicial intervention, but if we are determining that before the president can do certain things, he always has to go to court. I mean, of course, not even, because the person will not even do it. Because the person will say, they are not an advisory body to them. They are not an advisory <laughs> body. Exactly. So, so, so I, 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 I think that it, it's more... And, and nothing that we have said, sorry to go back to this, nothing that we have said goes to the substance of the case where if you look into it, there has been an abuse of power. But on this particular thing, it has to be a, a person exercising a certain power and some other person not being happy with the exercise of power challenging that 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 process it cannot be that the person with the power will will go to court and say and act because do i have this power to do this and well, the question is i think the question goes to whether or not the power exists so to to say that the person with the power is going to court to ask whether the power exists it's it's already concluding a matter as to whether or not they do in fact have the power you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying I, I that do. there's a contestation. Mm -hmm. So this is my, I mean, I'm generally taking the view, generally, and I'm, that, for instance, the courts do not even have the monopoly on interpreting who, what the constitutional position is or whose powers is what. I think that every arm of government and constitutional body, whenever they are come before their mandate, have the power to interpret for themselves exactly. what, the, what their powers are. Exactly. Yeah. And in that interpretation, once, anytime they have a, a liberal view of their powers in the way in which it clashes with another body's view of its powers, mm -hmm. then, then the role of the referee comes into in, in vogue. It is not exactly, exactly. exactly. When that, <laughs> except that one, <laughs> one may have to respond for the police. So, in this case, the person who is assuming that certain powers exist to not go to the courts to determine that uh, and ask the court do i have these powers the person will always exercise that power and if it is weak if someone else says it does not exist that's where the referee comes in then that person must go to court what do you think and, and then and you challenge the it but the unfortunate thing about this if i, I and, and i don't know the details of the case apparently apparently there was there is a case that was sent the call to determine this thing but unfortunately the rules of justice oh, we discussed right? it here right yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually uh, uh, okay so since i'm moderating if, mm -hmm. if i may moderate no. uh, <laughs> And just uh, just a couple of points. I, I think 
aside all the constitutional issues or mm. the administrative issues, we shouldn't lose sight of the big picture of what is going on. Mm-hmm. The Auditor General occupies a very important place within the governance architecture mm-hmm. of this country. Mm-hmm. If there is any other body apart from parliament or Ghanaians voting in an election that we can count on to check the exercise of presidential power, we would perhaps rank the Auditor General's office really high in that in the, in the, in the kind of bodies. And I think that it should worry us as a country mm-hmm. if the president, by uh, the instruments of administrative manipulation uh, or through the exercise of raw executive power, can mm-hmm. just get rid of that person, a person who occupies that office. I think aside all whether what is the position of the constitution and all those legal issues. I think for me, just following the news, the idea that a president can just get rid, acting through various questionable intermediaries, in this case, the audit board um, and some of the things that came out in the news about his citizenship uh, and his age and all those things. that gave me cause for worry and and i have made this point over and over i think if there was any signal that the recent election gave is the fact that really Ghanaians want a certain level of balance uh-huh. in, in power and i and and i and this brazen yeah. um uh, kind of appears to be retaliatory as well it, it's it's very it's yeah. very bad and i really hope that mm-hmm. that going forward that will not define mm-hmm. the ecofado presidency because for me from a governance perspective mm-hmm. uh, looking back at what the last four years there's been too many instances mm-hmm. of people being fired um you know this this uh officer who was asked to retake um, the civil service board exam and then do an interview so and then fired afterwards <laughs> all these you know you get a sense that the constitution and the administrative procedures are being manipulated to serve the ends of executive power mm-hmm. uh, and in this case uh, to, the ends are targeted at people who are viewed as disloyal or who are viewed as not serving um, to the benefit of the president. And that, that for me, I, I think as a Ghanaian, uh, it gives me more worry. Um, uh, and um, it is on that note that I would want us to shift to the Supreme Court verdict? And, and just before we shift to the Supreme Court, two quick things about what you've just said. The, 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 the most dangerous aspect of what you've just said is the manner in which the intermediaries were able to secure information 
that are supposed to, information that is supposed to be confidential and not and not it's not possible to procure that information unless in with judicial intervention and with judicial endorsement in some judicial proceedings mm. it's it's so dangerous that's not be clear that this that there ought to be some right of privacy to information disclosed to senate which should not be readily available to the it's so important that information that i give to snacks and social, social for social security purpose should never be released to anybody yeah. anybody unless yeah. with a judicial in a judicial setting properly secure yeah. and yeah. two and two the things that came up and that's what oliver joked about at the very beginning issues about citizenship of all the things that the Auditor General could be cited for. And in the light of all the accusations about a certain, uh, all, all the perception out there, it's citizenship of the Auditor General that was cited as one of the reasons why he couldn't continue. It's, yeah. Let's talk about the Supreme Court. But just just to reinforce a point, and I I, I see you you there are quite a lot that we can explore. Uh, but just to tie that up, I I think the signal that this sends to the rest of the public service is also you know this this idea that if you don't kowtow to the president, uh, you will be out. You know, and and for I can imagine what other public servants watching the news seeing what has happened to our able auditor general what they'll be thinking uh, when they want to release a report and all that and i and and i think i really as i said i am just hoping and praying that this does not define the kufadu presidency because at the moment i think that is really defining his presidency if i have to be honest and it you can go way back to the uh, special prosecutor the the manner in which he left and various charlotte you know charlotte to say um is it laurita lamte no but there's this sort of broader trend of hounding out public servants who are supposed to exercise um authority that are supposed to check the power of the president and the president seems to be winning uh these individual battles against them and that that is cause for worry and, and okay. talking about the supreme court when such a matter comes before the supreme court as we are now made to understand that there are two cases before two consolidated cases before the supreme court on this very matter I mean, you know, this is what so, I said in the so, past so, that so, the Supreme Court is not awake to the protection of constitutional rights. And, 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 and here's an example of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy you didn't use the word flat-footed. And, 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 <laughs> and especially in this, in, this, in this era where there will be many occasions where interpretation of executive power will be very liberal in 
in a, in, a, in a scenario where we have hung parliaments. Essentially, the Supreme Court must be very proactive in determining this matter so that there will be some clarity uh, on, on the matters going forward. Otherwise, we will be living with this and uh, it, it, will not, it, it, it will not be good to, to, for our governor. So let's talk about the petition. So that's, that's a very good uh, point to... Uh, it's an excellent entry point into exactly and and since oliver you've had a lot to say elsewhere about the supreme court verdict so i think it's in order to give you the platform to take get your take on the verdict and especially i'm, I'm interested in the point that you just made about whether the supreme court views its role now as protecting constitutional liberties and constitutional rights. Hey guys, thank you for joining our discussion on the constructive dismissal of the Auditor General by the President. We hope you found our different and passionately stated views and reaching. Now we are continuing the conversation on the Supreme Court decision on the election petition in the next episode. That is season two, episode six. Of course, we would love to have you with us as we have that conversation. So please click on that episode. As always, do not forget to send us your raw reactions, perspectives, and feedback on our email, talkinggana at protonmail.com. If you're streaming this podcast on Anchor, you can also send us a voice note. See you soon.